Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is uh, 19 August. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. Uh, let's see here. We have three people that just walked in from Ohio, and I want to welcome all three of you. We've got Rebecca, Lenore, and Tom, all from Ohio. They're visiting today, and apparently they're visiting from very close to where somebody that just moved back to Sarasota and is attending the church, Jennifer, was, I guess, there's a river that separated you guys? Is that right? Okay, but other than that, we got some Ohio folks here today, and uh, I really appreciate making this effort. Now, you said you're up in Tampa, and you happen to drive down here? Is that Oh, okay. Yeah, well, Longbow Key's right down the road from here, but Tampa is still, it was a drive to get here so you can get back up to Longbow Key. So thank you for making that effort. Really wonderful. And I want to thank Arlene up in Chattanooga, who's always sending me nice things. She's just the most pleasant person, and she sent me a bandana today, and I found a shirt that is hopefully as wacky as the bandana. So um, we'll, we'll hope that uh, it matches up at least a little bit for you guys. And then we have our first category, as always, which is Israel. And from Aretz Shiva, we have the EU skips over Israel. Yeah, now this is one of those things that you won't normally see in the mainstream media, but it is something that made uh, Aretz Shiva over in Israel. The European Union has formulated a plan to establish a transportation infrastructure to connect Gaza to Judea and Samaria. That goes right over Israeli territory. So they're going to connect the two together, right? without informing or involving elements in Israel. As a part of the plan, it is proposed to build huge infrastructures, also including Area C, places retained in the Oslo Accords under full Israeli control. Formulation of the plan in the EU took 18 months and is scheduled to take 30 years to implement. According to the plan, air and seaports will be established, plus an extensive network of railways and roads that would connect all parts of Judea and Samaria to Gaza. Although the plan includes many areas under Israeli control, including East Jerusalem, the EU did not bother to update the civil administration or other elements in Israel. That's like somebody saying, we're going to make a plan to connect something on, you know, Mexico and Canada without checking with the United States. That's what's going on if you're not getting it. Absolutely crazy. Transportation Minister Israel Katz said the plan was known to him. I made it clear that Gaza will not connect to Judea and Samaria. All their plans are on paper and are completely unacceptable, Katz said in an interview with Reshet Bet. The EU said in response that we do not need approval from Israel to formulate the master plan on transportation, and therefore we did not ask for such approval. The project does not currently include any actual construction in Area C. The project is part of the EU's overall investment in the Fakistanian Authority's governmental activities and future vision towards the establishment of a Fakistanian state. So they're taking it as a granted that it will happen, and they're just saying, well, we're just going to connect the two sides together, and Israel's just going to have to deal with it. So it shows you how people perceive Israel in this world from their own limited perspective. From the Times of Israel, Netanyahu reportedly had secret talks on Gaza 
with Sisi in Egypt in May. Now, if you've been paying attention, Egypt has been trying to broker a peace deal between Hamas and Israel because Hamas sent in all of those rockets a week ago, blew up all of the locations, and Israel responded. And so Egypt has been involved trying to get them to stop this. Now, okay, all they need to do is just tell Hamas to stop it, and Israel won't respond. But despite that, this shows the closeness of Israel and Egypt, when you have Netanyahu actually going to Egypt and meeting with the president of Egypt, it shows you, as the Bible shows, Gog Magog, that Egypt is not coming against Israel. Well, these alliances are being formulated right before our eyes. Prime Minister Netanyahu secretly traveled to Egypt in May to meet with President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi. The focus of the trip was to discuss an arrangement in the Gaza Strip that would see the return of the Fakistinian Authority to the coastal enclave. A ceasefire between Israel and Gaza's Hamas rulers, the easing of the Israeli and Egyptian blockades on the Strip, and steps to advance humanitarian projects there. Netanyahu was accompanied by a very small team of advisors and security personnel. He was only in Cairo for a few hours and joined Sisi in eating the iftar meal, concluding the days of Ramadan fast before flying back to Jerusalem. So that was a real gracious offer of him doing that, even though they're Muslims, he went and ate their you know, iftar meal at the end of Ramadan with him. Most ministers in the security cabinet were not aware of the meeting between the leaders. So Netanyahu just went down there, met with him, dealt with him, and never even told the security cabinet, which so, is... So BB, yes, BB meets Cece. Very well said. From Mail Online, radioactive sheep found in Australia bolster the claims that Israel conducted illegal nuclear weapon tests over the Indian Ocean four decades ago. I don't know if you know that this has been something that has always been known to America, but we've never really pushed it, and much of the rest of the world knows it as well. But it's been kind of one of those things that we've denied, but we still confirm through various ways, and they've confirmed it through sheep in Australia. Study sheds new light on the mysterious September 22nd, 1979 Vela incident, is what it's called. A double flash was detected over the southern Indian Ocean by the United States satellite. Security experts long suspected Israeli nuclear tests with South African help. Now researchers reveal radioactive isotope found in Australia sheep thyroid. The, they also analyzed hydroacoustical signal detectors by undersea U.S. listening net. Israel remains mum and dismisses the claim as simply a ridiculous assumption. Well, we know that somebody lit off a nuclear bomb on that particular island, which is between South Africa and, uh, what do you call it, Antarctica. Somebody did it. We know that Israel has nuclear weapons, and they did not develop these without testing at least one, so certainly it's true. Uh, South Africa eventually got rid of their nuclear weapons before they transferred over to the current government, but they were working together. And that's probably a lot of the reason why the South African government hates Israel so much right now, is because they uh, were participating with the white government of the past. And so they didn't like that. They didn't like that they didn't keep the nuclear weapons, et cetera, et cetera, all kinds of stuff going on. But it's very interesting that they have checked and they have this radioactive isotope in sheep in Australia now to confirm somebody did something. From Ynet, Netanyahu says waving of Fakistinian flags proves there is need for a nationality law. Okay, you know the nationality law that they passed. The Jews said this is a Jewish state, and they didn't take away anybody's rights. They just confirmed that the Jews have a right to live in Israel as a Jewish state. And 
he made a very brilliant observation. He said, Prime Minister Netanyahu said during a meeting of Likud ministers that following the waving of these flags during Saturday's protest against the nationality law, the need for such a law is as pressing as ever. Yesterday, we received conclusive evidence for the defiance of Israel's existence and for the necessity of the nationality law. So the very fact that they're out there doing that when they are citizens of Israel, living in Israel, and saying we want a Palestinian state proves that the nationality law was necessary. Good job, Netanyahu. Let's see here from Jerusalem Post, Merkel Party's think tank. Merkel in Germany, right? Their think tank compares Israel's security wall to the Berlin Wall. Now, if you think of it, there are two completely different purposes for those walls. If, if you thought about it for two seconds, you would know the difference between the two walls. But this is a group of people that is really, really anti-Israel. Merkel has shown her colors completely in the past couple of years with the immigration issue and everything. But the fact that they would say something like that, is, is, it really shows the uh, anti-Semitic nature of the German government. So, from Christian News today, I mentioned this last week. I want to go ahead and show it to you now so that you know what I was talking about. My friend Tom sent me this. It's the NIV Live Bible Experience, okay? And I told you that I've really enjoyed it. Instead of just a guy reading the Bible, which you can get a million times over, um, it, you can download Bible readings for free, etc. This one is actually like being in a play. They have different actors saying every word of the Bible. They've got sounds behind it. When they weigh out money, you hear coins dropping. It is outstanding. Now listen, people here know I drive very, very little. I drive uh, almost not at all. And yet I've already gone in one week from Genesis all the way through half of Exodus. Okay. You can be done with the Bible literally in a month or two if you drive any amount at all. It's very well done. I understand a lady at the uh, Thursday night Bible class said that the ESV is online. You can download it for free. The King James Version also has a, a live version, in other words, with actors and stuff. I don't know about that, but that's what I was told. And then I was also informed that you can um, buy these things cheaper. Like if you go on Amazon and somebody has a used one, you can get it for like half price or whatever. But there is absolutely no excuse for people to not know the Word of God. Okay. What's that? Gideon's got one as well. We've got a Gideon in the congregation here, and he says they have one as well. So there is absolutely no excuse at all for you not knowing the Word of God, listening to it, understanding it. You should be reading it, but if you're not reading it, at least you can listen to it. And like I said, I'll be done with the Bible in no time at all. I mean, literally no time at all. And it makes it wonderful to listen to. So I want to thank my friend Tom again for sending that. And I also encourage all of you to do more than sit and watch Prophecy Updates, is to listen to the Bible while you're driving, because you can't watch your Prophecy Updates anyway. And you can you can get a little theology. Man, I've already come to some great insights, because you're thinking differently about the Word of God. I've read the Bible zillion times and I've come to all kinds of great insights because somebody else is reading it and you're processing it completely differently. So please do that. If you can download it for free and you don't, shame on you. Okay, from uh, Christian News, PJ Media, 69% of churchgoers believe God wants them to prosper financially. Okay, this is a rather long article. It's something that you know me. I, I am the least prosperity gospel person you will ever meet in your life. But it's a good article. There's a couple things that I disagree with what they say, and I'll let you know about that. But according to a new poll conducted by Lifeway, many professing Christians believe that God does want to bless them. Well, that is true. I'll, I'll tell you right now, God wants to bless us. It's what manner of blessing does the Bible speak of? About a third of Protestant churchgoers say 
their congregation teaches that God will bless them if they, anybody? Donate, Donate money. Yes, there you go. Okay, so my uh, thought on that is it depends on who the them is. Because if somebody's going to be blessed, it'll be the people that are getting your money. Okay? There, God is not a cosmic ATM. I'll tell you that right now. You do not put in to get back. That's not how it works. And when somebody says, you send them $100 and you'll get back $1,000, i will bless you tenfold, it doesn't work that way. Okay, if you believe in that type of theology, you, you really need this Bible. You really need to start listening to it. Okay? Uh, Two-thirds say God wants them to prosper. One in four say they have to do something for God to receive material blessings in return. I'm talking really bad theology here. Except, sadly, the blessings that many are counting on are not the same as what the Bible teaches. Then he says, the heresy of the prosperity gospel. Does anybody know what's wrong with that? The prosperity gospel is not a heresy. The gospel is, Jesus Christ died for my sins. He was raised for my justification. I believe that I am saved. Okay, the prosperity gospel doesn't even bother with that. The prosperity gospel is just bad doctrine. That's what it is. A heresy is something that will keep a person from being saved. You can be a saved person and sit in a church that teaches the prosperity gospel. And what you're getting is really bad doctrine. So to say it's a heresy is not technically correct. A heresy is something that will keep a person from getting saved. Okay. Bad doctrine or good doctrine follows after that. So, I want you to understand that. The heresy of the prosperity gospel inverts the clear teachings of the Bible by claiming that God wants his people to be wealthy and physically well in the here and now. Well, there are a lot of Christians that are wealthy and physically, you know, well off in the here and now. All right? Was that because they gave to their church? Absolutely not. And is the person that has, you know, physical problems not in favor with God? Absolutely not. So this is, this is something that they're teaching, which is absolutely wrong. Like Esau, the prosperity gospel trades away the eternal for the temporal. Now, I would agree with that. If you're saved, you're saved. But if you go to a church and start believing this kind of thing, you're trading your eternal rewards, not your salvation, your eternal rewards for temporary rewards. Okay? So once again, get your doctrine straight. One of the most often quoted Bible verses, Romans 8.28, tells us that God is working all things out for good of those who love him and place their faith in Jesus. Well, that's true. And if that's part of what they're saying, as far as being saved by putting your faith in Jesus, then it's not a heresy. They've got the right person. They've got the right understanding. He died for my sins, etc. But now I'm going to tell you that he is blessing you because of blah, blah, blah. That becomes bad doctrine. Okay, so we'll go on. It says, if we keep reading past verse 28, we discover that the good of verse 28 is that Christians are being made more like Jesus for God's glory. Absolutely true. Called sanctification. God is blessing his people in the here and now by making them more like his son. That is the prosperity gospel, that we are being sanctified and being made into the image of Christ. That is a true prosperity gospel there. 69% of the churchgoers agree with the statement, God wants me to prosper financially. That shows you how bad this infection is in churches today. 69% of the people say, God wants me to prosper financially. Well, forget about Paul, who sat in a Roman prison writing half of his epistles, right? He wasn't prospering financially. Anyway, we'll go on. Um, however, LifeWay's new poll uncovered an even scarier number. The more people go to church, the more likely they are to think God wants them to do well. 
among those who attend at least once a week, 71% say God wants them to prosper financially. That drops to 56% for those who go to church once or twice a month. This raises the question, what are churches teaching and preaching? From this poll, it appears that many churches have replaced the gospel of Jesus Christ with the worst aspects of the American dream wrapped up in religious rhetoric. I would completely agree with that. We have a simple gospel message, that is what saves you, and then we start adding in all kinds of things to say you want to be blessed. And all it is is taking Americanism because we're a prosperous country and saying, see, if you follow this, you're going to prosper like America has. Okay? That totally negates 98% of the world that live in poverty, right? Those people love Jesus Christ. They prosper in Jesus Christ because of the fullness of the joy they have in Christ. But they are very poor people, incredibly poor people. So oh, speaking of that, I'll stop right there. Then I'll say I got a letter from Isaac Nemugera, who's in Uganda. He did a letter to us at the Superior Word Church thanking all of the people that have helped him out for um, the church and the school building that have been, have, has been uh, constructed in the past year and many of the other projects that we've been involved in. And he has invited any person that considers the Superior Word their church to Uganda. So if you want to hear this letter, please just watch the opening comments, which were done by Jim. I'll affix them at the end of that. Or you can email me, and I will email you this letter directly. But Isaac has done a great thing. He's in a very poor country, and those people love Jesus. They're not prosperity gospel people at all. So there you go. Um, let's see here. It goes on. Um, if God wants his people to prosper financially, he must really be displeased with his people in places like the Sudan and North Korea. In fact, he must have been really peeved with people like the Apostle Paul and Peter and all of those other Christians throughout history who suffered material deprivation and even loss of life for claiming the name of Christ. Taking the false teaching, I agree with that, not heresy, false teaching of the prosperity gospel a step further, some churchgoers draw a direct tie from their actions to God's blessings. Life Way goes on to reveal one in four agree with the statement, to receive material blessings from God, I have to do something for God. Well, is Bill Gates a Christian? No. Is he prospering in this world? Absolutely. So just think it through. If you were prospering in this world, it really has nothing to do with you giving to your church in any way, shape, or form. You were prospering maybe because you were born into a prosperous home. You were prospering maybe because you got a good job and they saw you have potential and they gave you a promotion. You're prospering because you have a good brain and you developed something and now it's out on the market. Whatever. They are completely separate issues than Jesus Christ. Doctrine comes from the Bible. It doesn't come from a guy that tells you you are going to prosper because you give him money. Okay? So stay away from the prosperity gospel. Look at just Jesus. Look at Jesus. Right. A man of sorrows? A man. You know what it says in the, I think it's the book of Luke. It says that Jesus was supported by the women, right? The women that he was with. Because what does that tell you? He didn't have his own prosperity. He had to live off of other people that were supporting his ministry. So there you go. Good point. Mail online. Keeping the faith. Americans are less likely to go to church, but most still believe in God, survey says. 
Fewer Americans attend religious services compared to a decade ago, but 37% report practicing their faith in other ways, and many still believe in God. About one-third say they are non-believers, while 23% say they haven't found a place of worship and that they, like the 9%, miss due to logistical snags. Boy, that was a very hard sentence to read. Anyway, among those who do attend, 81% say it is so they became closer to God. Okay. Now, I would like to say, based on that very poorly spoken out um, article for Mail Online, that if you don't have a church that you attend, but you want a church to attend, we have a church right here online. All you need to do is just people streaming. We have that many people. I'm not going to say it out loud, but we have that many people that are attending online with us right now. And if you want to just attend church in the morning, we have the Prophecy Update. After that, we have a sermon. In between there, we usually have a Rota, Sergio Rota video that you watch while we're eating good stuff in the back. And then after that, we take communion together. And the people online take communion with us every single week. There's absolutely no excuse to say, I don't have a church I can attend. If you want a church that has proper theology, that reads right out of the Word of God in context, join the Superior Word Church. We'll welcome you here with us. Anyway, from uh, the Christian Journal. United Methodist Church of Minnesota removes Father from the Apostles' Creed. Now, this has happened in a lot of denominations. The Church of Christ did this before, and other churches have done this. But it was inevitable that it was coming to the United Methodist Church. This is one section of the UMC. It will become UMC-wide soon enough. Now that the foot is in the door, UMC-wide, this will be the case. At the annual Minnesota Conference of the UMC, the historic Apostles' Creed was edited to remove the word Father to make it more compliant with culture. The creed goes back to the days of the early church, and it is an affirmation of the Christian faith. The reading is still widely used in today's churches, and sometimes it is used during parts of worship. At the Minnesota Conference, liturgical folders reportedly included a copy of the creed that removed gender-specific language for God, changing God the Father Almighty to God the Creator Almighty, and Jesus Christ His only Son to Jesus Christ God's only Son. So there you go, UMC taking its next step down into the abyss. People over there building their diving boards, one after another. From Breitbart, Florida Public Schools. Does anybody know what happened in public schools in Florida this past week? No. They, they did start, that's correct. But with the start of school, Florida Public Schools to display In God We Trust signs. And that started this week. All schools have In God We Trust in them now. From Islam Today, from Breitbart, Britain suffers 15 acid attacks a week with three quarters taking place in London. There you go. From Mail Online, four injured as Afghan asylum seeker launches knife rampage in sleepy French town. Afghan national who has psychological problems, police rule out terror motive. So he went around shouting Allah Akbar and stabbing people and they say he's not a terrorist and it's only psychological problems. Mail Online, mass youth gangs coordinated the firebombing of hundreds of cars across Sweden. The Prime Minister asked, what the blank, blank, blank are they doing? All over Sweden, one day this past week, these migrants, these Muslim migrants, torched cars all over Sweden. Yes. All over Sweden. So there you go. That's what's going on there. From the Telegraph, Westminster terror attack, driver arrested after car mows down cyclists and plows into Parliament barrier. And so what is his solution, Khan, the Muslim mayor of London? Get rid of cars. Get rid of cars. Absolutely. Block off these areas. People shouldn't be allowed to drive 
in these areas anymore. Well, guess what? If they have a car, they're just going to go run somebody over somewhere else, right? Absolutely insane. Crazy stuff. Haaretz. Kremlin backs Turkish plan to dump the dollar and trade in national currencies. I've got a couple of articles on Turkey. Very interesting what's going on. The Kremlin said that Russia favored bilateral trade with all countries and their national currencies rather than the U.S. dollar, but that the idea needed detailed work before being in implemented. Turkish President Erdogan announced that Turkey was preparing to conduct trade through national currencies with China, Russia, and the Ukraine. The Turkish lira sank to a fresh record low as investors continue to worry over the state of the economy and deteriorating ties with the United States amid a diplomatic row over a jailed American pastor. Now, before I go on, I want you to remember, we have Incirlik Air Base in Turkey and we have other uh, military stationed in Turkey. They are a part of NATO. I may mention that later in this uh, article or the next one. They are a part of NATO. They wanted to be a part of the EU. That ain't going to happen, and so now they are turning their sights east towards Russia and China, etc. And of course, we know that they are a part of the alliance which is coming against Israel and Gog Magog. So you can see how what is happening between Turkey and the United States because of this Christian missionary that is there and a couple of other issues is starting to shape the world the way that the Bible says was coming. It's happening right before our eyes. We'll go on. Asked about Erdogan's proposal, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said Russia has been pushing for such an arrangement with all countries. He said the issue had been raised on more than one occasion during bilateral talks between Turkey and Russia. Erdogan said he expected attacks on Turkey's economy to continue, but predicted the lira would return to rational levels soon, after the Turkish currency hit a record low of more than 7 to the U.S. dollar. Erdogan, who has described the lira's fall as the consequence of a plot rather than economic fundamentals, also said that spreading false news about the economy was treason, and recent U.S. actions were a stab in the back of Ankara. Well, we feel the same about the way they're treating that Christian missionary over there. So it's, it's ongoing. It is only going to continue to devolve between the United States and Turkey. It will not recover. It may recover a little bit in the short term. I don't know. But in the end, they are going to separate. They are going to align with Russia, um, Iran, and these other countries. And they are going eventually to come against Israel. We know that's coming. From Business Insider. The reason Turkey's economic collapse is so scary is that Iran, Russia, and Syria are waiting in the wings. What if Turkey collapses? It's not outside of the realm of possibility. Turkey's currency is in free fall. Inflation is at 15% and climbing. The Turkish economy could enter a recession. The United States has imposed economic sanctions on the country because President Erdogan refuses to hand over an American preacher who has been jailed there. Lots of things are going on in Turkey all at once. Turkey may not be important economically, I'd even argue against that, but he's just saying they may not be, in terms of contagion to the rest of the global economy. But it is sure it is important strategically and militarily. Turkey is the bridge between the democratic, peaceful West and the war-ridden dictatorships of the East. On its western flank, Turkey borders Greece and Bulgaria, western-facing members of the EU. A few years ago, Turkey, a member of NATO, was preparing to join Europe as a full member. Turkey's other borders face six nations, Georgia, Iran, Iraq, Syria, Armenia, and does anybody know the last one? I'll give you $100 if you can tell me the last one. 
I didn't even know this was a country. Oh. It says Nakchivan. Anybody ever heard of Nakchivan? Okay, yeah, she knew that. She was just trying to save me 100 bucks. I have never even heard of this place. Anyway, it's a territory affiliated with Azerbaijan. Five of those are involved in ongoing armed conflicts or outright war. So there's five of those countries in conflicts or in war that have access right through Turkey to the West is what he's saying. Okay. It goes on. It says Turkey is the thing that has physically prevented the IS terrorist group from rolling into Greece. It keeps the Syrian war inside Syria. It prevents the Russians from rolling back into Bulgaria. And it deters the Iraqis, Iranians, and Kurds from escalating their various conflicts northward into Europe. That's the reason Erdogan looking for new friends is even more worrying. Turkey suddenly has a lot in common with Iran, Syria, and across the Black Sea, Russia. They are all targets of U.S. sanctions. Do we really want Turkey to turn toward Iran, Syria, or Russia? Well, that's what the Bible says is going to come, and this is what he's saying. Well, look, this is what's going to happen. And this isn't written by a Christian here. He just sees the geopolitical world, and he says, this is what's going to happen inevitably if we don't stem the tide. Well, guess what? It is going to happen. We're not going to stem this tide because that's one potential outcome if the West cannot find a way to keep Erdogan inside the fold. What is the end game here? If Erdogan doesn't reverse course on interest, or if the U.S. maintains or increases its sanctions, the worst case scenario is a Turkish government that cannot pay the army that controls its borders in search of new friends to bail it out. So very serious stuff. Turkey is a key right now in what's going on in the world, and we'll just have to keep a watch on it because things are going to devolve eventually, and it may be sooner rather than later. Finally, from the Times of Israel, Trump restricts delivery of F-35s to Turkey, deepening the rift with NATO ally. They've really wanted these, the F-35s. Why? Because we've given them to Israel, and they wanted to be a participant in this, and Trump has said, no, you're not getting these F-35s. Yep, from Mongolia today. I've got just some titles for you because it wasn't any really one interesting article. So from the Straits Times, nine injured as train carrying 328 passengers derail in Mongolia. From Xinhua, train service resumes. This is two days after derailment in southeast Mongolia. Again, from Xinhua, Thailand beats Mongolia 87 to 86 during men's basketball 5x5 group, a match at Asian Games 2018. Now, before I read my last article, I would like to say, I'd like to make a suggestion so we can keep all of the um, TV waves clear, is all basketball games are restricted to one minute. Because every basketball game is decided in the last minute. So they just play the last minute, call the winner, and be done with it. I've never understood that game. I've never appreciated basketball. And when I read that, I said, that's what we need to do is just get rid of basketball or just play one-minute basketball games and be done with it. Final article from Xinhua, Mongolian ethic fashion design show held in Hohot, North China's Inner Mongolia. So they had the Mongolians go down to Inner China and they had a fashion show. So there you go. Mongolia for the week. Daniel 12 Technology. I would uh, call this change. Changes in parentheses. Change your way. Telegraph. I can't believe they're doing this, but they're doing this over in England right now. And a couple other countries have apparently started doing this as well. Homeless people are wearing barcodes. You know that thing that looks like a little square? Right? The barcode, they, they, they have barcodes to accept cashless 
payments. So if you're homeless, yeah, this is how you now live is off of cashless payments. Homeless people are wearing barcodes around their necks in an attempt to increase donations in a cashless society under an Oxford University-backed initiative. A new social innovation project called Greater Change hands homeless people QR codes similar to the kind issued for online tickets. Passers-by who wish to give money can scan the code using their smartphone and make an online payment to the person. The donation goes into an account which is managed by a caseworker who ensures that the money is spent on agreed targets, such as saving for a rental deposit or a new passport. So there you go. This is the world we're living in. From, um, you got any scan, buddy? (laughs) Fox News. Chase ATMs go cardless. Chase ATMs go cardless. Forgot your bank card? No worries. Chase has you covered. The New York City-based bank announced that it has expanded its cardless access to nearly all of its 16,000 ATMs nationwide. The new technology will allow customers to get cash through their phone's mobile wallet without needing a physical debit card or an access code for authentication. Users can simply tap their smartphone on the ATM to easily and securely access money on the go. And as far as new security measures with the cardless machines, they are a completely secure way to take out cash. The third-party wallets never have your credit card number. They use tokens that are sent to the ATM, and we can use those to match and determine which card the customer selected. The spokesperson said, adding that customers also use their thumbprint to access their wallet, which adds another level of security since those cannot be replicated. Okay. Yes, they can just be removed. But I will tell you that this is coming. This is the mark of the beast coming very soon. We are being set up. People, homeless people now have it because once all the homeless people have it, they will be included in the world, global, you know, uh, whatever's going on. These, everything is pointing to the end times. I don't, you know, I'm not a speculator of when this is going to happen or when the rapture is going to happen or any of that kind of stuff. But I will tell you that we are really, really quickly moving into the end times where there will be a mark that you must take in order to buy or sell anything. Otherwise, you are on the out. Okay? Revelation Plagues. ABC 15 says, this new invasive tick just arrived in the United States from Asia and it kills 15% of its victims. Yes, a new invasive tick is spreading through the United States, which is the first time in 50 years a new species has come to the country. The Asian longhorned tick has spread throughout the eastern seaboard already, causing mild concern from public health experts, according to the New York Times. The new arrival is yet to be found carrying any human diseases here. Domestic American ticks carry pathogens and transmit them to people rather often. In Asia, however, the species carries a virus that kills 15% of its victims. The new ticks are considered a threat to livestock. According to the Times, the long-horned ticks can multiply rapidly and suck so much blood from a young animal that it dies. The ticks bloat up like fat raisins until their, I know it's gross, until their tiny legs are barely able to support them. So far, the tick has been found in seven states. It is an aggressive biter and frequently builds intense infestations on animals, causing great stress and blood loss. So far, the tick has been found in Arkansas, Pennsylvania, New York, Virginia, and not Florida, West Virginia. The tick can survive throughout the year, so we don't have it in Florida. From throughout the year, they can survive throughout the year. That that sounds like a bad deal there. You know, my son, he was uh, in North Carolina. He had been up in New York t- 
tending to a person. He's a nurse, and he took this guy up there, and then he came down, and they were through North Carolina. And he was on the plane flying. They flew into Atlanta because everything from Delta flies into Atlanta. And before they landed, he said, my leg is really hurting. And they actually got a ambulance to the airport and took him to the doctors and he had a tick and they cut him open. There was blood. He took a photo of There was blood everywhere. They were very concerned that it was one of these really dangerous ticks. And yeah, he had great pain in his leg. And so it is not something to fool around with. I mean, this was a couple months ago and he's fine, but you don't want to fool around with ticks nowadays because you don't know what you're going to get. From Breitbart, Norway to test free heroin drug for addicts. Yeah, it hasn't worked anywhere else. We'll try it here. And you see the it's a meme that's been on uh, Facebook lately as a picture of a guy that's a socialist and he's got a, a fork with this giant wall outlet and he's about to stick it into the wall outlet and they say, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. And he says, oh, it, it'll work this time. You know, it, if it doesn't work one time, it is not going to work any time. But here we go. From Breitbart, um, Norway to test free heroin for drug addicts. Norway, which has one of the highest deadly drug overdose rates in Europe, will test prescribing free heroin to the most serious addicts to improve their living conditions. Norway has one of the highest overdose mortality rates in Europe, with 81 deaths per million in 2015, after Estonia, which has 132 deaths per million, and Sweden, which has 88 deaths per million according to the European Monitoring Center for Drugs and Drug Addiction. Already adopted or tested in Switzerland, the Netherlands, and Denmark, medical heroin therapy is controversial, but supporters argue that in addition to improving the quality of life of addicts and lowering overdose mortality, it reduces crime and the costs associated with it. So they say that by giving somebody all the drugs that they can take, that's improving their quality of life. How about helping them get off of the drugs such as the world we're living in. From Morality Today, from the Christian Institute, eight-year-olds set to be taught. Now, this is Scotland. Scotland. Eight-year-olds set to be taught your gender is what you decide in schools in Scotland. Children as young as eight could be told they can be a boy, a girl, or neither under draft lesson plans backed by the Scottish government. The government itself is backing this. And in resources for how to teach relationships, sexual health, and parenthood, teachers are advised to talk about LGBT issues with children from the age of five. So they're, they're advised to talk to them about these things. I've that in the kilts. What? Yeah, yeah. In draft lesson plans for five to eight-year-olds, teachers are encouraged to use a video from homosexual lobby group Stonewall to promote LGBT issues. Other lessons state that gender is different from the sex we are assigned to birth. For children who are eight to 11, lesson plans declare your gender is what you decide. You may be a boy or a girl, or maybe you don't like to decide that. And then final lesson plans, which are supported by groups including the Scottish government and NHS boards, are expected to be completed by next summer. Now, I thought that Sean Connery is a Scot, right? And so if we get another guy from Scotland who is a James Bond, he can now be a Jane Bond, right? <laughs> Mail online. That's not okay. Twitter users slam Disney as it selects a straight actor, Jack Whitehall, to play the first gay character in The Jungle Cruise. So they're upset that they have a straight actor playing a gay guy. Jack Whitehall has been cast as Disney's first ever openly gay character. Stars alongside Emily Blunt and Dwayne The Rock Johnson in The Jungle Cruise. Fans have criticized Disney for casting a straight actor in the role. 
They have argued on Twitter that the part should have gone to a gay actor. And I thought, what do you do about FDR? You get somebody that's crippled to act FDR because, you know, so you, or maybe he's a good actor and he says, well, just break my legs and I'll be FDR for the... It's crazy, right? No more Superman. No more Superman, that's right. Is that the whole thing about What's that? Yeah, that's the whole thing about acting is that they're actors, right? From the South China Morning Post, Chinese woman, a little good news in the morality section. We had some last week. I threw in some this week. Chinese woman pregnant with twins at the age of 67 defies doctor's advice to have an abortion. They said, you need to have an abortion. She's, I ain't doing it. 67-year-old Chinese woman who became pregnant with twins has insisted she will defy the doctor's advice to have an abortion despite their fears for her health. The woman named Zhang said she was adamant she would go ahead with the pregnancy because she lost her only son in a car accident four years ago. 67 years old and she's going to have twins. New York Times, just the title, Christine Halquist, a transgender woman, wins Vermont governor's primary. So that shows you that the Democrat Party could find nobody better than a mental minuscule to be the nominee for the, what is it, um, West, for West, oh, Vermont governor primary. They have a transgender person as their selectee. Absolutely insane. That's the best they can get out of the Democrat Party. From our other category, from the independent, Brazil breaks its own record. Brazil breaks its own record for number of murders in a single year as deaths hit 63,880. Uh, now listen to this, because I did some statistics checks on my own after I read you just a couple lines. Brazil has broken its own record for the number of murders in a single year after the South American country saw 63,880 people slain in 2017, a rise of 3% over the previous year. Here's, I checked the statistics, I went to gun laws in Brazil, and I also checked the population of the U.S. and the number of murders in the U.S. Here we go. In Brazil, all firearms are required to be registered with the minimum age for gun ownership being 25. It is generally illegal to carry a gun outside of a residence, and special permit granting the right to do so is granted to certain groups such as law enforcement officers. Very strict gun laws in Brazil. Here's another comment. There were a total of 17,250 reported murder and non-negligent manslaughter cases in the United States in 2016. So we have 17,250 as opposed to their 63,880. And guess what? The U.S. population is 325.7 million. Population of Brazil is only 207.7 million. So they are geometrically higher than we are. And if you took out all of the liberal cities, Detroit and Chicago, Washington, D.C., St. Louis, if you took them out, we have one of the lowest murder rates in the entire world in the United States of America, one of the lowest murder rates apart from the liberals who restrict gun ownership. So there you go. From the college fix, professors allow students to pick their own grade. Yes, a literature class at Davidson College this fall will use contract grading, allowing students to pick ahead of time their grade for the class. So before you even go into the class, you get to pick your grade, okay? And the workload they need to complete it to earn it. The offer is posed by Professor Melissa Gonzalez for her Introduction to Spanish Literatures and Cultures course, SPA 270, at the Private Liberal Arts College in Davidson, North Carolina. 
She is one of several professors across the nation who allowed this pick-your-own-grade method, billed as a way to eliminate the student-professor power differential and give students control of their education, right? As for Gonzalez, she argues there is a strong pedagogical rationale for contract grading. It can help students focus on learning more than on grades and therefore make more progress in their learning with less anxiety. The whole purpose of having grades is so that you do learn more. I mean, completely crazy. Whatever. From Newsweek. Return of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Piracy jumps 163% amid Venezuela crisis. So there you go. Piracy, don't, don't go sailing a boat down by Venezuela. From The Guardian. More than half a million Venezuelans fled to Ecuador this year. UN says half a million Venezuelans have bailed out. About 547,000 citizens of the crisis-stricken South American country have entered Ecuador. Now, they have to get all the way across Colombia to get there, too, since January. Mostly through, that's only since January, by the way. 547,000 since January have left Venezuela. It says um, uh, to escape rampant crime and political violence a collapsing economy, and several shortages of food and medicines. That is nearly 10 times the number of migrants and refugees who attempted to cross the Mediterranean into Europe over the same period. And that's only into Ecuador. Now listen to this, France 2-4. Lack of food pushes 2.3 million to flee Venezuela. So it's not just 547,000 who went to Ecuador, 2.3 million to flee Venezuela the United Nations says uh, Venezuelans have fled to Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, and Brazil. We have let socialism take over, and this is the inevitable result of what is going to happen. From Zero Hedge, U.S. abandons oil sanctions to avoid owning Venezuela's collapse. Smart move by our president. They are not going to sanction their oil industry, which is the only thing that keeps them alive, because they are going to collapse, and we don't want to be the ones that own it. The downfall of Venezuela's chief industry, coupled with IMF predictions that inflation in the country will skyrocket to 1 million percent by the end of this year, have created an unusual scenario in which Maduro may even welcome U.S. sanctions on its oil sector. As Venezuela's economy continues to unravel, leading to surging prices and rampant hunger, Maduro could try to pin the blame on sanctions. If you break it, you buy it, said George David Banks, a former international energy and environmental advisor to President Trump. The White House doesn't want to own this crisis. The United States has sanctioned individuals in Venezuela, including Maduro, prohibited the purchase and sale of any Venezuelan government debt, including any bonds issued by PDVSA, which is their uh, oil industry, and banned the use of Venezuela-issued digital currency known as the Petro. But oil sector sanctions are viewed as the most powerful penalty remaining and the one that Trump admin is more hesitant than ever to use. There's already a humanitarian crisis, but we don't want to own that. The Maduro government owns that, Banks said. We don't want to lose the people of Venezuela, and you don't want to pursue a policy that jeopardizes that. David Goldwyn, president of Goldwyn Global Strategies and a former special envoy and coordinator for international energy affairs at the U.S. State Department, speculated that it would take extreme action, such as a military assault on a civilian rebellion for the U.S. to now impose oil sector sanctions. They'd really have to do something major, in other words. The path ahead for Venezuela's oil sector has likely never been less certain, and it remains to be seen what a full collapse of an economy looks like. 
It is clear, however, that the United States wants to avoid blame for accelerating that collapse and has abandoned, at least for now, consideration of oil sanctions. When Venezuela's oil sector hits rock bottom, the U.S. does not want to be accused of dragging it there. Good job. Our president is using his brains on this one. From PBS, an 11-year-old, you may have saw that because we're all here in Florida, an 11-year-old changed the election results on a replica Florida State website in under 10 minutes. They had a replica website exactly like Florida State's website for elections, and she, 11-year-old, hacked into it and changed it in less than 10 minutes. I got Lesserick here for you. This one is from his wife, Kathy. Prosperity gospels, not fun. It ties folk to great love of money. On earth, we've got woe. To heaven, we'll go and find God's land of milk and honey. Good job. That was very good. Okay, I got a couple ironies here for you. It's entitled, Vote for Me. Okay, and I'm fair on this. I pick a Republican and a Democrat. So here we go. Mail online. Florida Republican candidate admits she did fake her college diploma, but vows to stay in the race and lead by example. So there you go. She's leading by example by faking her diploma. And then from WSBTV, Georgia Democrat ran on responsible gun regulation. Now she's charged with shooting murder of her treasurer. There you go. So such is the world we live in. And from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.